0: Give me an example of a piece of the Christian worldview that simply doesn't fit in your understanding of reality. How about good God lets horrible things happen to his children? That just doesn't fit, does it? I don't like that. Torturing babies, dying children, starving to death, so much murder, so much chaos, so much bloodshed. And God just sits back and does nothing. Just observing from heaven. That doesn't fit in my worldview. I don't like it. It doesn't make sense. Okay. Angels, demons, heaven, hell. Any proof? It just doesn't fit. I mean, have you ever had any experience with a demon or an angel? Well, not personally, Mr. Dean. So the Bible's the only thing claiming that that's true. And maybe that doesn't fit for you. It's just one of those pieces that looks suspicious. Well, my problem, guys, isn't, aren't the pieces that don't fit so much. It's do I have enough of my puzzle put together to be able to kind of get an idea of what my life's supposed to look like and what makes sense in my life. Do y'all know what that is? I don't know how, that. how did you do that? That's amazing. I mean, it's totally incomplete here. You can see that. <laughs> you'd see a hundred there. It says 100 I, see, it says 100 doll. It doesn't say dollar. But my question is, do you have enough of the picture to know what it is? Even though there are several pieces missing. I want to show you, I want to demonstrate to you through the course of this class that the Christian worldview is going to have pieces missing guys. I'm sorry, but it is. There are going to be things you do not have an answer for. Your preacher's gonna tell you, have faith. And what he means by that is, even though you don't have any evidence, even though you don't have any proof, believe it. And I don't think he's off. I don't think he's far off at all. The Christian worldview, in my experience, is the most accurate one out of all of the four that I mentioned, or the the other three that I mentioned. I've tested the other ones and I found that even though this one's lacking, I'm not admitting that it's perfect because it's not. It's the best one that we have. Now I've got reasons for why I think pieces are missing and I've got reasons for why I say it's the best one. I've got good reasons and we can talk about that sometime. I'd like to share some of those with you so that you can also consider those reasons. And if they're good enough, I hope you'll, come to a conclusion that they're true. Excellent. Um, by the way, I know this is a $100 bill. It's a picture of that. I, I have a, a, a unique and highly recognizable person on the front. I have three numbers. One's a zero, and the, or two of them are zeros, and the other one's a one. I have the words 100 dollars. That's pretty good. I see serial numbers. It's the same shape. It's the same color. It's not complete, but boy, it sure does give me an idea of what it's supposed to look like. That's your life, by the way. Your life is totally incomplete, yet you have enough of the picture to know. I think I know what's going on here. Uh, By the way, you see these black spaces? I want to talk to you now about what those are. The other day I said, look up faith. And this is the Google definition of faith. If you look up faith right now, which don't worry about that, uh, maybe somebody listening would, would go, well, I'd like to look that up. Sure. Google is going to tell you it's complete trust or confidence in something, or someone or something. That's the first exception. That's the first definition. The second is a strong belief in God or the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. That's the second definition. So 7 billion people in the world, when they look up the word faith, that's the definition they're going to get because Google's the most popular search engine. However, I'd like you to notice how the slide before pits apprehension, which means to apprehend a criminal is what? When they apprehend a criminal. You don't know what apprehend means? Okay, it's hard to articulate. They, They got him. They get him. They capture him. They acquire him. They apprehend him. He's not just running around. They apprehended him. That's what apprehension is. It's to get, to acquire, to make mine. It's to contain, to obtain. The slide before says, faith is a strong belief in God that's based on spiritual getting, obtaining rather than proof. It pits apprehension against proof. So, I think that definition is a steaming pile of dog poop. It is, it honestly is because it was written by somebody that has absolutely no idea what faith actually is. My faith is based 100% on proof. For you to think that God would ask you to believe something and provide no proof is ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Yet, I bet you grew up thinking some things we just have to believe. Take a step out on faith, right? Step. I don't know if I'll fall to my death or not, but here it goes. What a horrible God to say, you have to believe all this stuff and no proof. I th- what a terrible parent. Could you imagine? What a terrible parent. You need to believe X, Y, Z. Why, mommy? Because I said so. Oh, okay. What a terrible reason, because I said so. Now I know why parents say that, but those are bad reasons. Logically, they're terrible reasons. Because I have more power than you. Because I can beat you. I can punish you. That's why you need to believe it's true. Really? Can you imagine serving a God? God, why do I have to believe that Jesus is your promised salvation to the world. Because if you don't, I'll hurt you. Oh, uh, okay. I have more power than you. I can rip your head right off. Whoop, fling it into a trash can. Just like that one over there. Pretty one. The Trinity gave me. Gosh, that's a terrible reason. Right? How about this? Well, you should believe my son because I've given you dozens of pieces of evidence. And here's three of them. Bo-bo-boom. What do you think of those? all well, those are good. Do you have any more? Here's three more. Boom, boom, boom. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, okay. So I want to show you that the Bible even defines faith for us. Here's how the Bible defines faith. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 says, I think in the NIV or the ESV, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You don't have to write that down necessarily. Just consider it. Do you know what I think of when I see hope for Gee, I hope that girl asks me to Sadie's. She's pretty. Gee, I hope I get a new computer for Christmas. The American modern definition of hope is, gosh, I really want that to happen, but don't really know if it's going to. That is not the idea of hope in the Bible. And the Hebrew writer defines it. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, not, gee, I hope I go to heaven. Hope in the Bible, well, let me just define it. Mr. Dean's definition. This is my translation, but it's accurate. Hebrew 1, one says, now faith is the guarantee, the assurance. It's the guarantee of what was promised. That's what hope is in the Bible. It's the promise you haven't received yet. Gracie, I promise you're getting a Lamborghini when you graduate. I am? Yes. Now here's the de- here's the title. Oh my gosh, that really is a title, I know. It's in your name. Oh, no way. Here's what I paid for it, holy mackerel. And it's going in the safe till you graduate. Now do you go, gee, I hope that's real. You've just seen it. You saw the receipt, you saw your name, you saw the title, you saw them put it in the safe. Do you have to hope for it? Like, gee, I hope that's true. No, you know it's true, right? Do you have it yet? That's hope in the Bible. Oh, I promised it. You just don't have it yet. But here it is. I can see that. I know. Here it is. It's yours, but you just need to do this. Okay. That is faith in the Bible. The guarantee of what was promised, the evidence of that which is invisible. I think it's pretty cool that there's an invisible reality and there's a visible reality. Whether you're an atheist or an agnostic, We have to believe that some things that aren't visible are real, right? Can you name any invisible things that are real? What'd you say, Lexi? Gravity, air, good, wind. Those are awesome things that are invisible, but are real. What what else? Think about something that's not in our visible spectrum, outside of the spectrum of light. Other colors? Are you telling me you believe that there's such thing as smell? That is so dumb. Can you see smells? No, no, I don't. I can't see them either, so I don't believe in them. See, that's kind of silly, right? Wouldn't wouldn't you think that person was kind of off, a little bit off, a little cuckoo? Um, just coming to my eighth boy, eighth grade boys' Bible class. All kinds of smells in there going on. Oh yeah, wonderful. My my room smells like a locker, gym locker. After that, it's terrible. So I know that smell is real even though I can't see it. Awesome, awesome example, gravity. I don't believe in gravity. Well, say that and walk off a third story you know, window. Well, I'm just, you know what? I don't believe in gravity, I can't see it. Well, gravity believes in you, ah, right? The Guy's gonna die whether he believes in it or not because it's true. Ethan. Things that are invisible that you can't sense. What do you mean by sense? Something that, I, that affects one of my senses. One of your five senses? Okay. Because we only have five senses with which to contact reality. See, uh, I can see, smell, hear, touch, and taste. And if I can't contact it through one of those five senses, then it's not, it's, it's not real. It's not... Um, Certainly it's not physical, but it, it. many people say if I can't use one of my five senses, it's not real. Um, can you stub your toe on a law? Oh, God dang it, what happened? I tripped over a law. What law? Well, a law of gravity. Can you, can you trip over the law of gravity? Can you smell the law of gravity? Can you see the law of gravity? Not the effects of it, the law itself. Nope. Can you hear it? Nope. Can you smell or taste it? Whichever one I forgot. Nope, you can't. Yet, is a law something that's real? For example, the law of non-contradiction. The law of non-contradiction says that something can't be both true and untrue at the same time, in the same way. None of my five physical senses to contact reality can detect a law in and of itself, yet it's a reality. How do I know? How about a law of math, the law of mathematics? The fact that two plus two always equals four, it's a law. It can't ever not equal four. Laws of logic, are they real? That's the question. We say yes, even though we can't contact them with our five senses. They can't contact this uh, cartoon character through the TV. Does that mean they're real? Good question. Uh, So are things that we can't contact real or unreal? Are all things that we can't contact with our five senses real? I would say no. Are there ways to test those things? Yes. Excellent question. And we're getting there. So just hang on to that. Just put it on pause because we'll get there. Faith simply fills a gap in our knowledge. That's all it does. Biblical faith fills a gap in your knowledge. None of this, oh, I believe in God even though I don't have any proof. That's stupid. I hope you wouldn't believe in God if there were no proof. Well, I don't believe in gravity. Why not? No proof. Excuse me, can I just uh, trip you for a second? Wham, why'd you fall down? I don't know. Well, there's proof gravity exists. Watch me throw this apple up. Oh, holy cow, maybe it isn't real. No, it's always gonna come back down, right? That's a law. What goes up must come down. Why? Gravity's real. I can't see it. So faith simply fills in a gap in our knowledge. How'd you know it was a $100 bill? You didn't have the complete picture. There was a bunch of gaps there. Well, you know what? You have faith that that really was a $100 bill. Let me ask it this way. Holly, is your, did you drive this morning? Is your car parked out in the parking lot? Yes. Do you know that? For sure. Do you know it 100% sure that your car is out in the parking lot? How is the only way that you could know 100% for sure that your car is out in the parking lot still? It, it's 1015 to go and lay eyes on it, right? Literally to look at it. What if somebody came in and said, I just came from the parking lot and your car is out there? Could you be 100% sure? No. Why? Could They could be lying, right? Okay, cool. Um, let me ask you this. Are you reasonably sure that your car is still at the parking lot? So you're not absolutely sure. You're not 100% sure. Could you be 99% sure? Okay, why are you 99% sure? I parked it there. I I personally parked my car there. Wait, wait, let's just stop. Let's say that's your only reason because I parked there this morning. Is that a good reason? Not in and of itself, it's pretty weak, isn't it? One reason? Because I parked there this morning? Couldn't somebody have stolen it? Yes, they could have. Give me another reason why you think it's probably still there. You have your keys and those, yeah. Could somebody hotwire the car? Sure. They could, but is that, that's your second piece of evidence. By itself, pretty weak. By itself, pretty weak. Put them together, a little bit stronger. Are there any other reasons why you think your car's probably still there? Good. You locked it. It's, Reasonable to think a locked car is harder to get into and steal than an unlocked car is. Cool. Any other reasons? Nope. That's it. I got those three. So now I'm not even 99. I'm like 40% sure. Holy cow. Thanks, Mr. Dean. Lexi, give me some more reasons. Uh, There's plenty of other reasons. Okay. I have history and a pattern that tells me it's there every time I... Cool. What's another reason? Alarm would go off alerting somebody. Most likely Mr. Niemeyer is probably driving around in the thingy who would probably hear a car going. Cool. Why else? It's never been okay. We have that history, right? That pattern, the historical pattern. Yeah. The chances of hers being the one out of all the other cars is yours the nicest, most expensive, most pristine car in the parking lot? No, probably not. That's a good reason. What, what, what's another good reason? Yeah. We have cameras. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. That was the benefit of our listeners. If there are any, <laughs> probably be like one guy. Yeah, this is a dumb class. I'm going to listen to something else. Joe Rogan, something or other? Okay. Um, what else? How many times has a car been stolen out of the Midland Christian parking lot in the last five years? Zero. Huh? <laughs> no, zero. But good guess. Last 10 years, zero. Last 15 years, I would assume it's still zero. We have an officer that patrols the entire campus all day long. There's 10. Each one of those reasons by themselves is weak and not good enough. But when I put all 10 together, have I built a pretty good circumstantial case that yeah, my car I have good reason to believe my car's out there. Each one of those by itself isn't very good. Well, the police officer could be over there picking his nose eating a donut at the front of the school while they're stealing my car. True. But when I put all 10 of those pieces together, that's a pretty good case to I'm not 100% sure, but I'm 99. Do I have to be 100 in order to actually walk and live and act like for the rest of the day that my car's still in the parking lot? Or am I gonna run after each class? Oh gosh, it's still there, good. Third period, oh, I gotta see if my car's still there. I'd like, I'd like you to consider something. God says, I'm real, you can't see me, but I'm gonna give you evidence that you can detect with your five senses. Each piece of evidence by itself, not so strong, but when you put all of the evidence together, are you going to be able to reasonably, not beyond all doubt, but beyond a reasonable doubt, know that I am God and that what I say is true? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Cool, we're out of time. Thank you guys for listening. I know it's a Monday. It's hard to be awake and alert, but thank you. That's it. Worldview, a couple of things written down on your paper. Hopefully that was good and clear. And you're like, yeah, I think I understand a worldview. Amelia. Oh, good. Thank you. I probably freaked you out when I sent you that email that said, memorize these two verses. That memory verse test will not be before Thursday of this week. From starting Thursday morning, Friday morning, Monday morning of the next week, expect a pop quiz on both of them, by the way. You will need to know those two memory verses for every single test that we have in this class from January through May. Those memory verses will be on every one. Now, the sooner you learn it, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ and first peter 3:15 is but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect when you have those two memorized You're gonna ace a large portion of the test. If you don't memorize those verses, you will never, ever, ever get an A or a B on any of my tests because I make the memory verses worth so much that without them, you won't do well on the test. With them, you'll do great.